Hello. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but I've got a way, way better microphone now than I did. Um, I'm also sitting at a desk, which is different. I don't usually do that. Uh, but we wanted to kind of give this an upgrade. Um, I'm starting to upgrade it even more with a uh, new logo and stuff like that. Uh, promised to do at least 20 podcasts this year in the year of 2020. Uh, starting with this one, we're going to talk about the movies that came out in 2019, uh, ma- mainly the ones that I saw and probably my favorite movie of 2019. Now, a lot of movies did come out in the year of 2019. Uh, movies I will be excluding from what my favorite movie would be would be anything done by Marvel. Not because I don't like those movies. I actually do love those movies or anything Star Wars related. Because, I don't know, they're just kind of on a different wavelength than like a standalone movie or something else. Like, like I don't know how to describe it, but there's a reason why... When I like to think about different movies, I feel like keeping my bias away from it, like keeping the bias of uh, I really like this entire universe of movies is kind of a hard thing to do when picking an actual like favorite movie of the year. So I tend to avoid things like Disney and Marvel and Star Wars in the talk of a good movie because usually... I mean, they've got the biggest budget in the world, so of course it's going to be a pretty great fucking movie. And even if it's not, there are parts of every single one of these movies. Like, even, like, The Lion King came out in 2019, and it's mainly, like, the animation and stuff that looks really good. And it's very clear that somebody put a lot of effort into it, so you can't really compare it to the other movies done by different film companies that do not have the same budget as a Disney. So I wanted to talk about a few of these. I do have a lot of, uh, a lot of movies that I did watch. I didn't see everything. Cause of course you can't really see everything. Uh, I just, I got a plus halfway th- or I got a, uh, not a plus. That's like a high school thing. I got, um, AMC plus like halfway through the year. So, I mean, I didn't get a chance to see everything. And of course, uh, working as much as I do, I hardly ever, we hardly ever get a chance to go see it, whether we're being tired or we just don't really have the time. Uh, so movies that I did see this year, let's run through some of these. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, uh, da, 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 Midsommar, Rocket Man, uh, Detective Pikachu, It Chapter 2, The Third, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Lego Movie, the second part, part Shazam, X Men, Dark Phoenix, Ready or Not, uh, da, 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 uh, Men in Black International. There's a lot of movies I didn't see. <laughs> uh, the Two Popes came out recently. I need to watch that one. I haven't seen that one yet. Zombieland Double Tap, which I thought was really good. Uh, let's keep looking. Let's keep looking. Let's keep looking. A lot of Netflix movies came out this year, too. Um, but yeah, like, of course, I'm, I'm going to talk about X-Men Dark Phoenix a little bit, just even though it is technically Marvel. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix was an awful movie and probably one of the worst movies that come out this year. But it's not the worst movie that came out in 2019. It's 
probably the second worst movie. I feel like the worst movie that came out in 2019 was the movie Velvet Buzzsaw. And if you haven't seen that, don't see it. It's not like a, it's not like the room or anything where it's enjoyable to watch. It's just kind of cringeworthy to watch. Not really anything crazy. Uh, when it came to horror movies, um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was pretty good. Uh, Us, ah, man, I forgot Us even came out that year, too. Uh, I also didn't think about, I haven't thought about that. Like, I've been thinking about doing this uh, podcast for a minute and haven't uh, thought about Us. But, I mean, it's it's probably going to be up there. Uh, Happy Death Day to You also came out last year, and it's a pretty... Pretty nice sequel to the first movie, uh, kind of ties back into the first movie heavily, changes a few things, uh, has more people involved with what's going on. Um, Ma was uh, Octavia Spencer's horror movie. Uh, it had great trailers. It definitely uh, tried to seem very scary and tried to seem very creepy. It was the whole idea of like just kind of a normal person turning out to not be a normal person. But the writing of it was just really weird. Octavia Spencer tried her best. It's very clear that she tried her best. But even the writing stopped her from seeming that creepy, too. Um, the The final scene of the movie kind of just fell flat, which is really I'm not. I'm not a kind of guy who shits on movies that much, but that that movie wasn't very good. Um, the Haunting of Sharon Tate, I didn't see that because it came out around the same time Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, and it's kind of weird that they both came out talking about the same thing. Um, that one, I think, I guess takes a supernatural take on it. I'll still have to watch that. It's like Hilary Duff playing Sharon Tate, which is super weird and like, I don't know. It's just very different take on who Sharon Tate is compared to like Margot Robbie. (laughs) Uh, and it just seems kind of interesting that they would choose somebody who's like really short to play Sharon Tate when Sharon Tate wasn't that short. Um, let's keep looking. I don't. Th- I think that's the end of the horror movies. The rest of these horror movies here look bad. <laughs> Not like bad, but they look they look pretty they look pretty bad. Uh, I didn't even know the Rob Zombie movie came out with. I think it's w- at least one of the characters from. Uh, Devil's Rejects, uh, that's what it looks like anyway. I didn't see Child's Play, I've never really been into Chucky, so I didn't really care for that. Um, I need to watch Annabelle Comes Home. But I feel like It Chapter 2, Midsommar, Us, and Ready or Not kind of are the best four horror movies that came out. Ready or Not not really even being a horror movie. It was advertised sort of creepy and kind of switch more into the comedic action style movie. And I will talk more about ready or not in a little bit, but it's not really a horror movie, even though it's put into the horror movie category. Uh, Midsommar, another, another thing from that uh, revolutionary director that brought us hereditary. uh, He tries to go for a different type of scare and this is something I noticed with Hereditary, and I loved Hereditary. Hereditary was my favorite horror movie from 2018. Uh, and with Midsommar, it, it's weird. The director, I think his name's like Ari or something like that, he takes similar ideas. Like he takes different ideas 
of like he takes cliche ideas right and tries to make them super different like with hereditary the it's it's a haunted house kind of thing uh there's witches it's kind of like the paranormal activity kind of thing where there's a haunted house and witches and stuff like that but i mean the the, the type of scares and how it's filmed is very 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 different it doesn't rely heavily on jump scares this movie I think Midsommar had like one jump scare in the entire movie and it wasn't really totally a scary movie as much as Midsommar was kind of a like a movie designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, And thinking back to that movie, pretty much every single shot of that movie kind of made you feel uncomfortable, even when they're not at the location where this cult is, it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. Of course, there's going to be, comparisons to wicker man and stuff like that and also there's another midsummer movie that this is kind of a remake of i guess um it's it's definitely an interesting idea uh horror movies shot in the daylight have never been this good and i remember thinking that because uh wicker man was shot in the daylight and it wasn't that scary it wasn't that good there's a whole bunch of memes around it it's very clear that that's not really even supposed to be a good movie i'm guessing uh, but when you think about different movies that uh, are shot in the daylight that are horror movies, they never really hit it. it. Usually you have to wait for nighttime and darkness for like the, a lot of horror movies that rely heavily on darkness. This movie is shot entirely in the day because it is midsummer in this area and it keeps the daylight happening. And that's kind of interesting how they're able to make a very uncomfortable kind of freaky movie not really like totally scary just very uncomfortable and uneasy and uh with a great ending i don't want to spoil it uh it chapter two moving on to that uh that kind of went into the different idea of kind of keeping that remake happening and it relied heavily on comedy and a little more than even Ready or Not, which was mainly a comedy. And I don't, I don't know. It it didn't really come off as scary to me. Uh, Stephen King movies nowadays don't come off as scary as they used to. Uh, there there are points where you feel kind of jittery, but like it's not really anything crazy. You don't really you can't really call any of these movies that are coming out for Stephen King that scary. Uh, and It Chapter Two is a prime example of this. It just kind of got goofy at times. There's a lot of really dumb CGI choices with that movie. Uh, I, I liked it because of the actors and uh, the acting choices were phenomenal. And it just it made sense uh, that they were they were who they were. Uh, I liked that the kids weren't just dropped. I liked that they had scenes that they shot with the original kids. Uh, and it made it seem like this wasn't just keeping as it wasn't just these adults taking away their franchise because their franchise like i mean as a kid like you have your first big break and of course it's not richie's first big break he was in stranger things and stuff like that but as a kid you have like a big movie that comes out in your mind and of course you're like oh this is my thing and then somebody would come along and take that from you it's kind of nice that they allow them to stay into the movie uh going further into the chapter two i just thought about this one uh dr sleep Dr. Sleep, another example of not really a horror movie. Um, and here's why. Uh, you're not really totally scared of anybody. 
I mean, they do have some pretty cool imagery and uh, different scenes that you kind of should could be scared of. But it definitely seems like a sequel to... It's a, definitely a direct sequel to The Shining, and it definitely has this... Uh, more of a, like an action feel to it. And I feel like that's, that's kind of the issue with uh, Stephen King going on and uh, creating a sequel to something is it has more of a comic book aspect to it to where it does seem like Ewan McGregor is kind of this comic book hero a little bit. And it kind of seems more like a little bit of an action movie. Uh, they, they recasted all the original ghosts from the, sh- uh, the, uh, the original shining and that's fine. And they're all like throughout his, throughout his life. I don't want to reveal anything about the ending, but it, it, it's a pretty good movie. It's well acted. It's kind of, it's well shot. It's a good movie. It's not a bad movie in any way, but again, it just doesn't really seem too much like a horror movie as much as some of these other movies might. And uh, again, there wasn't that many movies that came out that were like horror movies. Like I'm looking at a list right now on Google and they put zombie land double tap. It seems like anytime that there's a zombie in a movie, it's going to be labeled a horror movie. Um, Zombieland Double Tap was kind of more of an action movie, and that that's kind of where zombie movies kind of lie. They're more action movies now than they used to be. Back when uh, Night of the Living Dead came out, it seemed a lot it seemed a lot more hopeless to fight zombies. Like it seemed like oh, this was like we're not going to be able to take them on and stuff like that. So it actually seemed kind of scary. But nowadays, like they're usually the main characters have guns or cricket pats and the sense of uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so moving on to comedies. Let's see here. What we got? That's romance. I don't want romance. Uh, do they have comedies? Okay. I'm not sure if I actually saw that many comedies. Isn't it romantic was okay. Oh, uh, I think my main thing with Isn't It Romantic is also I Feel Pretty by Amy Schumer came out this year or this last year. And Isn't It Romantic kind of did her story better, I remember. Like the idea behind Isn't It Romantic is that she sees everything through a romantic comedy. I feel like the way they did their idea of how she sees the world and how the world is kind of playing out in front of her is like it, it ha- the both movies have the same message but isn't it romantic kind of hits the ro- hits that message a little a little better than i feel pretty especially since like amy schumer is constantly trying to come off as the uh she she likes to be considered a bigger person when she's not really a, a big person and she she can speak all she wants on trying to have good body positivity but her saying that she is bigger and her saying that she is like this is kind of her falling into the idea that uh, society has a very shallow view on it. And it's just like, okay, but that's not really, <laughs> I don't think you should be the spokesperson for big people, but I digress that. I mean, I, I don't know this, that, that movie just didn't really hit the mark for me. The, the message of it was kind of messed up with, I feel pretty because it was like a, it was uh, what was that? It's her seeing herself as pretty, and nobody else sees that she's pretty, and they just laugh at her. And I guess like it gets to her confidence that people start like being nicer to her. I guess I don't know. It it, it didn't really hit the mark for me as well as isn't it romantic? But isn't it isn't it romantic was kind of a better movie. 
Uh, I did like Rory Scoville because he's actually one of my favorite comedians. She does this weird thing, Amy Schumer, where she likes to do a movie. She did the same thing with Trainwreck where she picks a comedian to be her opposite. And it's not like a attractive guy. It's usually like somebody else. It's usually like a, somebody who's not very like conventionally attractive, which I think is kind of neat. Um, let's look through here. I Yeah, I have not seen that many comedies last, that came out last year. Uh, and it's weird. Maybe I just didn't really have too much reason to. I did see Always Be My Maybe. That movie was cute. I think it's a Netflix original. I want to say it's a Netflix original. I know it's on Netflix. Um, Keanu Reeves was hilarious, and I would love to see more of him in a comedic role because that was fantastic. He did a lot of making fun of uh, himself. A lot of people. He made fun of a lot of the mannerisms that people make fun of about himself. Uh, he was also kind of that crazy celebrity. And I always love that kind of trope of a actor playing themselves, but playing like a crazy version of themselves. Because, I mean, definitely it's not anything like Keanu Reeves. But yeah, the movie was cute. It's kind of one of the, like one of the just uh, pretty sappy romantic comedy. Um Moving on to action movies, this is where we see the most action. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, of course, Avengers and Spider-Man are like top of that list of action movies because they do really well with that. So we're going to move on to Zombieland, Double Tap, Dark Phoenix, Shazam. Those are like comic book-y movies. Even Zombieland's kind of a comic book-y movie where it kind of fits in that comic book realm where without having comic book source material, it probably, doesn't, it probably has comic book comic books about it now but without coming from that comic book source material it is very much a comic book movie same with uh men in black international kind of fits that comic book movie feel uh detective pikachu was pretty good uh you have to kind of be a pokemon fan or a ryan reynolds fan to like that movie i happen to be both so i'm able to enjoy that movie quite a bit uh the jokes kind of center around either Ryan Reynolds' sense of humor or just a joke about Pokemon in general. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Not the best How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, I loved How to Train Your Dragon 2, and I feel like that's kind of where it peaked, where where How to Train Your Dragon series peaked. How to Train Your Dragon 2 kind of, like, it hit really hard. It had the greatest imagery. It had some of the coolest action of the entire trilogy. Um, Hidden World kind of seemed like a way to sell toys and a way to sell movies where I didn't I didn't get that from How to Train a Dragon 2 as much. I got like they were trying to make a really good movie with How to Train a Dragon 2. Hidden World's not terrible, but it's just not really... It didn't really hit home for me as well as How to Train a Dragon 2. Uh, there's, of course, there's a lot of action movies I didn't see. Oh, I did see Murder Mystery. Okay, so now we're getting into this. A lot of duplicates this year. A lot of movies that kind of seem very similar this year. I've already spoken on one. Uh, Murder Mystery. Actually, I've spoken on two. The Sharon Tate thing, too. Uh, Murder Mystery is an Adam Sandler movie that I think is a Netflix original. I believe he helped create it. And uh, he plays a detective. And they're on a, uh, they're on a boat that they're invited to randomly by this guy that they meet up with on a plane. And uh, there's a this cliche of like a old rich relative and all his people being possibly in the will. And then the old rich relative dies and all his family is 
suspects in this murder case because they think that there's foul play or, I mean, in this one, it's more likely that there's foul play than the other one that came out this year. Um, it's a fun movie. It's definitely an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, it ha- lacks a lot of the total offensiveness. I mean, it, it, there is still probably some offensiveness that I kind of overlooked. That's a little more subtle, but it, at least he's not having Rob Snyder play somebody weird. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it kind of, it was just kind of a action comedy, uh, I, I will say that I've said this once and I'll say this again. Nobody has as much chemistry with Adam Sandler as Drew Barrymore. So it kind of seems weird that they're trying with Jennifer Aniston. I, I don't see the chemistry between the two. Uh, but it, I mean, it was a harmless movie. There was a, a lot of stuff in it and it, I don't know. It just kind of, it played out really nicely. Another movie where, uh, Adam Sandler uses it to go on vacation. <laughs> like that, that's kind of where, all the uh, all the happy Madison movies are right now to where he uses them to go on vacation where like he'll go to the West, he'll go to Florida, he'll go to California, whatever. He'll just go out to different parts of the world and w- create a movie there. But while he's creating the movie, any day that he has off, he's vacation, which that's brilliant. You're getting paid to like vacation and you get to make a movie that's kind of half-assed. Uh, this one didn't seem as half-assed and I feel like his movies are getting kind of better. But I also have this theory that Adam Sandler is just kind of using movies to pay for him to get into bigger movies where he can actually stretch his acting legs. There's been a couple different movies that came out that I I haven't seen one of them, but I saw the other one. And they are heavy. Adam Sandler actually stretching his acting legs a little bit. Uh, But the other movie that came out that was very similar to Murder Mystery was, of course, Knives Out. Knives Out being a very, very similar concept uh, but it's executed way better. It's definitely more of a mystery movie. Uh, they reveal how the character died early on in the movie. And I'm not going to say how the character died, but they revealed how the character died early, early, early in the movie. But that's not really the mystery. It's kind of interesting. Like they, they know it's very self-aware that it is a story that's been told before with the, uh, old rich relative and dying and then all his relatives are kind of suspects in this case uh they they kind of so they're kind of self-aware of that so they kind of flip it on its head by having it revealed early and of course i'm a huge fan of ryan johnson he created he directed uh last jedi uh but he did a great job with this chris evans is amazing uh the actor who plays the old man that died uh i didn't know who that was at first I thought it was Dumbledore because I, I don't know. I just saw him and he kind of looks like the Dumbledore actor. And then I heard his voice and his voice sounded familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. Turns out he's Arngar, a graybeard from the game Skyrim. I would not have guessed that if I didn't look it up. But then once I guessed it, that's all I could fucking hear every time he spoke. But yeah, Knives Out is a really good movie. Uh, it's probably up there with some of the better movies this, of this year. Um, now moving on to Rocketman. Rocketman almost was the top of my list. It really was. Rocketman kind of sticks out to me. Uh, it makes me realize how bad of a movie Bohemian Rhapsody was la- the year before. Uh, Rocketman deserves a lot of awards. Uh, it's definitely... Comparing it to Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody was kind of a biopic made about a guy, right, that's dead now. So a lot of it is definitely stories told through kind of the eyes of the rest of the band. 
as much as it is trying to be through the eyes of Freddie Mercury, it definitely does seem through the eyes of stories through uh, the rest of the band, like Brian May and all that. Um, so it, it de- definitely is just a biopic. There's songs in it, but they're all supposed to be performances that are actually happening in front of people. Uh, as opposed to Rocket Man, which is more of a uh, more of a musical, and I feel like the reason why Rocket Man is better is because of the fact that uh, Elton John's still alive. Uh, he can speak on all these things, and it's very clear that Elton John's own message about his life is portrayed throughout the movie. And I think that is perfect. Taron Egerton did a great job. As Elton John said, he's probably the only person that could play Elton John. I kind of disagree with that. There's probably people that could, but like, I feel like Taron Egerton's probably one of the best choices to play this part. He's already sang Elton John songs before in the movie Sing. Uh, and so like him coming to do this song is and do this movie is amazing and honestly it was one of my favorite movies of the year i actually saw it early like because i saw it in this thing and i signed like a non-disclosure agreement to not talk about it uh and it was and i think i could talk about it i think i can talk about it now because the movie's already out i think the whole idea with the non-disclosure is to not spoil the movie for people uh but now it's like yeah i I, I went and saw a test screening of rocket man and we took surveys and it was kind of neat uh, we were surprised that it was even Rocket Man. Um, let me think here. Yeah, Rocket Man was really good. Um, now let's see here. What else do we have that came out that sticks out? Oh, uh, Toy Story Four. Wow. Uh, Toy Story like is the only franchise, and I know again I wouldn't talk about Disney, but I'm not placing it on like a favorite movies of. 2019 i feel like when i look at toy story 4 i'm more talking about the idea that it they've gone four movies and it doesn't show that they are stopping making real pretty good movies like i mean like toy story 2 is probably the worst toy story movie toy story 3 was really good toy story 1 was really good toy story 2 was good but it wasn't as good and Toy Story 4 continues this whole, like, them not making bad Toy Story movies. This was actually a really good Toy Story movie. Key and Peele add a lot to it. Uh, they keep this adventure going. Uh, it is sort of a different adventure. Uh, they change what's going on with each one. Uh, the first one being the uh, being about Buzz and trying to get Buzz to realize that he is a toy. The second one kind of being... What if Aunt, what if Woody would be cherished more uh, as a collectible item? And then the third one is, what if Andy just abandons all his toys because he's going to college? And this one is kind of like Woody trying to become a free toy, like somebody who's not doesn't really have an owner, which is kind of perfect for his character because he's always felt kind of like a father figure to Andy. So having him step away from even having children because he already had his child essentially uh, is, is really interesting. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens. We meet a lot of new toys as per usual with these movies, but yeah, Toy Story 4, it just continues the Toy Story being a really good fucking franchise and they're doing really good. I'm sure there's going to be a Toy Story 5. That's probably just as good as this one. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to explain getting Woody back, but I mean, eventually I think Andy's going to come back for his toys 
so he can pass them down to his kids. So Woody's going to have to come back to that group. It's very clear that that little girl is just watching toys for Andy. That's what I got from it anyway. And it'll be hard for him to get all of them back, I guess. Uh, so when coming back around to it, what made me want to do this video, I went to uh, Vintage Stock recently. And I don't go to Vintage Stock that often as I used to. Uh, we were selling like a Wii U a couple PlayStation games. We got like 70 bucks for the whole lot. Uh, but I was staring over it, like while I was waiting for them to test uh, the Wii U to see if it was working, I was staring at this uh, big cart of like Blu-rays that came out in 2019. Because I mean, a lot of them are new releases, but a lot of them had come out throughout the year. So there's just a lot of these Blu-rays just sitting on this featured shelf. And I was just staring through all of them, and I was like looking at them, and I was just like, okay, so I have this, I have that, I kind of want that, I kind of want that. But one movie kind of stuck out with me that kind of stuck out more than most, uh, and that was Ready or Not. As weird as it is, Ready or Not's probably my favorite movie in 2019. And of course, it's not critically one of the best movies, and it is an interesting idea, but while also kind of being a similar idea to other things, uh, it plays off as a comedy, like I said. Uh, it is sort of a horror movie, but not really. I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Uh, in my mind, this character is like John McClane's daughter from Die Hard. Like literally, like that's that's what his daughter would be, because literally, she's there's just like a switch, and there's a point where. In the beginning, you feel like she's hopeless, like, oh, they're all going to come kill her and stuff. By the end of the movie, you're just like, they need to like stop waiting so long to try to kill her because she's going to find a way to fucking murder all of you. Like, you kind of switch to where you're, instead of being afraid for the main character, you're kind of being afraid for uh, the family that's kind of going after this main character. So... It's interesting that like you switch like that to where you're just like, oh no, she's just a badass, and then it's like, don't, it's like don't wait too long to kill her because something's gonna happen and she's gonna get out, and if she gets out, okay, so, <laughs> uh, this is my first time like recording a full podcast on the computer. Apparently, it cuts off in thirty minute segments, but uh, yeah, what I was saying about Ready or Not kind of sticks. Uh, I I do like that movie a lot, and I do want to get that movie on Blu-ray. It kind of fits into my favorite movie of all, all of that whole year. Uh, Velvet Buzzsaw being the worst movie of 2019. But still, Crimes of Grindelwald is probably the worst movie of the past two years. And I'm going to keep that going for the next five years. If Crimes of Grindelwald is still my least favorite movie in the next for the next five years, that's going to be really sad. And as much as I hated Velvet Buzzsaw, there's just something about crimes of grindelwald that i still don't like about it and i feel like harry potter just kind of lost its sense essentially uh i'm gonna be doing some more stuff uh i'm gonna try to get a filter a pop filter for this guy uh i want to make it a little more clear uh i'm also thinking about trying to get some sound equipment that like software mainly to work through and make this make my voice sound even better uh this is going to be my first podcast of the year and happy new year everybody uh this is kind of uh season two of Foxbox. i need to go through and label everything else season one because there's like two episodes that are labeled season one so i need to label everything season one but this is like the start of season two and i know it's been like two years of me doing podcasts for season one but Season two is going to be mainly 2020. It's going to be 20 podcasts for this year. 
at least. I might do more. But uh, 20 podcasts for this year, and we're going to keep it going with that. I uh, got a lot of ideas, and we will see you later.